the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in. Another day, another dollar. Let's keep marching forward. Take a look at what's working and what's not working on Wall Street. We're going to talk a little gifting stocks and estate planning today. We have a full show dedicated to you, the listener who's dedicated to getting towards retirement. It's really imperfect science, though. You know that and I know that. Good morning today. Today is the Thursday before Christmas. I don't know what that means other than if you haven't got gifts, you're probably not getting them. I don't know. Maybe you have to get up and go shopping. Good old-fashioned way. Yesterday was the worst day in a while. That's okay. I don't mind that. The NASDAQ, the Dow, the S&P, all lower. 10-year treasury sits at 3.87. That's an environment where I think stocks can work. That 10-year treasury area. Four and a half to five, it's tougher. But there's not a big alternative to get one year in a... Magnificent seven stock versus like an 80% return in something like an Apple versus sitting in a 10 year treasury. You're talking about 15 years difference. It's pretty magnificent. Um, FedEx was a big loser yesterday, down 12%. So this is a market of winners and losers. Stocks took a dive yesterday. The Dow snapped nine day winning streak. I, I, I'm good with that. You give me nine up days, one down day, I'm good. The S&P 500 had its worst day since September, and yet it's had an amazing run since October. I'm good with that. You can't just take one day, and you can't just take the good. Tesla's labor battle, the Swedes, is not going well. I would say nothing's going well for Elon Musk and Tesla right now. If you take a look at it, Elon Musk has underperformed the S&P 500 since Tesla joined the S&P 500. Ain't that something? That's that's, that's something, if you were to ask me. <clears throat> um, so Tesla's been part of the S&P 500 for three years. And in those three years, the S&P 500's outperformed Tesla. That's worthy of note. Because it feels like, isn't this a great stock? And the answer is, not in the last three years. Just throwing that down there for you. Taking a look at buying a home. We'll do that a little bit later in the show as well. But Tesla's labor battle with the Swedes not going well. And I think they're having a labor problem in the United States. I think they're going to have to fight unions coming in and poaching their employees and getting them unionized. About 130 mechanics walked off their jobs on October 27th in Sweden after Tesla said it wouldn't sign a collective bargaining agreement with power uh, with the powerful Swedish union, IF Metal. Musk is staunchly anti-organized labor. 
but also almost 90% of workers in Sweden are covered by collective agreements. Sweden's a weird one. The way they uh, do collective agreements, it's just, it's, it's odd compared to the rest of the world. Um, it's not worth getting into other than to say that they're, they're looking at higher costs down the road. Some headlines out there. Warner Brothers and Paramount Honchos are in merger talks. Um, a lot of people think Paramount gets acquired in 2024. David Zaslav, who runs Warner Brothers, reportedly met with Paramount Global CEO Bob Backish to discover the potential possibilities maybe making a deal or not. Zaslav is also said to have spoken to Paramount chair Sherry Redstone, who is eager to sell the company. To address its debt, it also considered other buyers. If the two media powerhouses reach a deal, it would likely face scrutiny from antitrust regulators. Biden's antitrust regulators are in a weird position. A lot of people think they've underperformed and stopped trying to stop mergers like Microsoft and Activision, and they didn't. So now they're going to try to start stop others because they have to show like we are anti big company becoming bigger company. Bird. Remember those bird scooters? We'd see stories everywhere like um, people in Santa Barbara rent a bird scooter and throw it in the ocean. People in San Francisco rent a bird scooter and throw it in dumpsters. They went bankrupt. The company came public in 2017 via a SPAC with a $2 billion value. Now it's worth nothing, maybe 50 to $70 million. And it feels like, for those of you who tried to own the company, didn't the stories of people leaving their bird scooters in the trash in the ocean scare you a bit? Yes, it was cool to go to a, like a Sharks game in San Jose and rent a scooter and glide down the road for 15 minutes and go, woo, I'm there. A lot less work. But it was never a good business model. Weird story yesterday. The third largest drugstore chain in America, Rite Aid, uh, was told that they, Rite Aid never told customers it was using facial recognition on them when they bought batteries and Alka-Seltzer, or that the AI system was falsely flagging people as wrongdoers. What do you think about that? Going into a store, like a Walmart or a Rite Aid or a CVS, and cameras looking at you and saying, oh, this guy looks shifty. Rite Aid's cameras identified innocent customers as shoplifters thousands of times in one instance prompted a search of an 11-year-old girl. It generated 900-plus match alerts to one person's picture in its database in 130 stores. It was mostly used in areas with large black, Latino, and Asian communities where it was more likely to return false positive matches. In five years, is that technology ready for prime time? Because it's not ready right now, apparently. Would you support it in five years? Listen to this crazy stir story. Hermes, you know, um, they make really expensive like products, luxury items. Um, their founder, not their founder, but their second founder, Nicholas Pooch, a billionaire descendant of the founder of French luxury designer Hermes, is seeking to change the fate of his fortune by adopting a 51-year-old gardener. This dude is adopting a 51-year-old person, his gardener. And he's going to inherit at least half of the estimated $13 billion estate. His gardener 
a billionaire's former gardener could be bequeathed a fortune. This is something movies are made out of. I've never heard of adult adoption. So adult adoption laws in Switzerland are strict and have complex requirements. Adoption aside, his plan faces legal obstacles from his own charity, with which he has an inheritance contract. He is not known to have children, and he's suddenly adopting an heir. At least 50% of his RMA shares would go to a son instead of the foundation, which called the potential move a void and unfounded. So he, he pledged money to a charity. Later in life, he reconsiders. He doesn't have kids. He's too old. I don't know if that's true or false, but I'm assuming, right? 30. So he adopts his gardener, so he doesn't have to give all the money to his, the charity that he pledged to give money to. Fascinating, right? Don't you wish you had those problems? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big show coming up. Stay tuned. I'm going to teach you something or the other about where to go with, with your money. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more show dedicated to getting your retirement. Remember, you're going to need about 10 to 20 times your income in retirement. I'd like you to have more. I'm in the position where I have more than that, and I'm going to have a fun retirement if I ever quote-unquote retire. I see myself doing a podcast like this until the day I die. Maybe once a week, maybe a little bit more wise, maybe a little bit more reflective, maybe a little less day-to-day per se. A lot going on out there. A lot of predictions that we could make. Um, end of the year, I always find those kind of interesting to pay attention to. Unfortunately, one of the people that I totally loved was a guy named Byron Ween, and he always made great predictions. And this year he died. He would always write 10 surprises for 2022, 10 surprises for 10, 2023. And sometimes he actually got it right. And his surprises were fantastic. Um, he would always like throw in, how would you say this? Things like, uh, just wild curveballs, And I totally dug it. So I was a little bummed when he died. Um, last year he said <clears throat> the S&P 500 is flat in, or in 2022, he said the S&P 500 is flat in 2022 and value outperforms growth. He was wrong. CPI rises to 4.5% for 2022, and persistent inflation becomes a dominant theme. He was right. In 2022, or 2021, 2022, right before 2022, he wrote, China curbs speculative investment in real estate. He was right. He wrote in 2022 that crude oil would rise above $100 a barrel. He was right. Uh, Not for long. But he would write these interesting thoughts. And what I always appreciated about them was that he did it every year and people paid attention. Tech stocks this year have had a blowout 2023. The Magnificent Seven. Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, Meta, NVIDIA, and Tesla. Now, I own six of those outright. And the reason I do is because I believe in what are called total addressable markets or basically best of breed. Um, I own other stocks like Spotify, um, Airbnb, um, Tesla. No, no, I'm not sorry, not Tesla. Uber. Uh, 
for some reason, those kind of stocks get very similar in my head. So that was weird that I kicked that one out because I know that I confuse those a bit. Um, I do own Tesla and S&P 500 funds. I do own Tesla and growth mutual funds and exchange traded funds, but I don't own it outright individually. But the other six I do because they all qualify for what is one of my investment theses, best of breed, total addressable market. If you look at Amazon and they're online, they're bigger than two, three, four, and five put together. Meta Platforms has a Super Bowl of eyeballs, 10 Super Bowls of eyeballs every day. NVIDIA is so far ahead of their competition that they have only two quarters of blowing out their competition with new product. They still have two more for easy year-over-year comparisons. And then I think they're going to build on their momentum because they have the best-of-breed product hardware and software. The software is an important part of this because they own an ecosystem of development. If you develop video games with their software, it's very easy um, to buy their hardware. They work hand-in-hand. Apple has a billion-plus devices that constantly get upgraded. My family has four iPhones, and in two years to three years from now, we'll buy four new iPhones. In two years to three years from now, we'll buy four more iPhones. Along the way, I have a watch. My kids don't really like the watch. I use it for exercise now. I'm on a big health kick this year. Um, Dropped 20 pounds. Um, Getting to my high school weight is kind of the challenge, if that makes sense. Um, Microsoft, you can't walk into an enterprise without seeing their product or Alphabet's product, Google. I own all of those names because of their dominance in businesses, their dominance with consumers, their dominance with eyeballs. Meta Platforms is the TV of my children with Instagram. If I could own TikTok, I would own TikTok. And one day if they come public, I will own TikTok because it, it falls in my thesis of total eyeballs. I'm going to talk about that more tomorrow on the show. Expect AI and the cloud stocks to gain more ground in 2024. It all starts with NVIDIA, which looks inexpensive thanks to astonishing earnings growth. NVIDIA shares are cheaper on a Ford PE basis than slower-growing companies like Apple, Microsoft, and Meta. NVIDIA remains the obvious winner in the AI sweepstakes. NVIDIA remains far ahead of the field in turning AI mania into revenue and profit. I would say the second closest is Microsoft because on my Microsoft browser that I'm looking at right now, there's something called a Copilot Preview. They've built Copilot into my operating system. And I haven't paid for it here, but I have paid for ChatGPT4, and I find it remarkably useful at times. In chips, AMD, Qualcomm, and Broadcom all stand to benefit, as does memory chip supplier Micron, which reportedly resorts quarter results. December 20th? Uh, They just did. Micron had a terrible year financially, but memory prices are on the mend. Again, you can only own so many stocks. So I own NVIDIA. I don't own AMD. I do own Qualcomm. Broadcom I own um, for a dividend, believe it or not. But it's also got a lot of growth out of nowhere about AI. So Microsoft remains the best software bet on the Azure cloud business with throwing AI into it. All going to be an adoption rate for Copilot on the 365 suite of productivity apps. Um, 
still other ways to play AI would include Adobe, Oracle, IBM, Snowflake, Dell, HP, all are going to come out with uh, AI-powered hardware. So the, your next PC, it may not say 486 faster than Blazing God. It may say AI-powered. Dirty. We're going to start buying computers that say powered with AI. Cash is piling up on balance sheets of these big tech companies. Um, I just gave you a lot of thoughts to think about with AI. What do you think? Let me know. Drop me an email over the holiday break. Rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email at rob at robblack.com if you want to make it easier. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm not proud that I've given you stocks that I've owned like Apple and Microsoft and NVIDIA. I tell you when I've bought them. Many of them have been 20 years ago with Microsoft and Apple. I've held on to them. Sometimes I stun myself with things I say on this air. Like, I don't think I've sold a lot of stocks in the last 10, 15 years. And that may be the difference between me and you. And I start thinking about it. And, and yeah, a couple have come up that I have sold. Um, usually just to clear out space in a portfolio to add a different name or add more of another name. I think when all is said and done, I think I've sold three stocks in the last 15 years. Um, one of them was, was Wells Fargo that once they stopped paying their dividend, there was no reason to own the stock. And then they got into controversy after controversy. It was a playoff Warren Buffett who owned Wells Fargo, who he abandoned his position. Um, I tend not to buy stocks that I ever want to sell. One stock that I'm thinking about for my kids, and this is just to show you, I want to teach my kids about investing, is McDonald's. Um, and yeah, there, this year there's a controversy on whether or not it was Impix and Wagovi's, the fat-fighting companies, um, through diabetes 2-type medications that also serve as it curbs your desires to eat. It also curbs your desire to do drugs. It curbs your desire for sex addiction. It curbs desires. It's really, really interesting. Uh, some of the research coming out on these companies, not tied towards diabetes too, and not tied towards losing weight, but tied towards other things that doctors can prescribe it for. Not yet, but in the future. Market can get bigger. I think the fat-fighting drugs, especially Eli Lilly's Monjourno in particular, could change society just as much as NVIDIA could create productivity with AI, artificial intelligence. If you haven't used it, try it. It's pretty interesting stuff, especially in biotech and healthcare. Coming up with new ways to spot fighting cancers. With all the data and all the research being put into a large language model and seeing what artificial intelligence is kicking out as far as, okay, this is what we know, this is what we don't know, this is what we know, this is what we don't know. It's unbelievable. Spotify has won the music streaming war. Let's talk about another stock I've talked about on the show this year. Um, when stock was down, I liked it. I came back to it. On one level, it is a competitor of Apple Music. I own shares of Apple. I try not to have too much overlap. But I think it that stock grows a lot like Netflix. Anytime Netflix pulls back 20, 30, 40%, I'm a buyer. 
anytime Spotify pulls back 10, 20, 30%, I'm a buyer. It appears that Spotify has won the digital audio streaming content war, allowing them to continue to generate solid unit and uh, revenue growth per user. Spotify stock has surged 139% so far in 2023. One catalyst was the company's third quarter profit in third in October. It showed Spotify swung to its first quarterly profit in more than a year. It's got three more easy quarters of profit on profit on profit on profit, or basically three more quarters of profit on losses. And we keep going, oh, well, there's the valuation. Now we get it. Daniel Eck, who I like as a founder CEO, he said, we walked into 2023 thinking we would do just over 20 million in net subscriber ads for the year. We're actually delivering 30 million. It's a significant beat, more so than we thought it would be. My son owns shares of Apple. I've gifted them to him as a strategy of reducing my estate tax as I age. Um, he goes, Dad, can I get a Spotify subscription? I, I don't want to listen to the commercials anymore. I'm like, son, you own Apple. You own Apple Music. We pay for that. And he said, Dad, can I get Spotify? It's cooler. I'm like, dang, dude, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're breaking one of my own cardinal rules of poop where you own. If you own a stock, poop near it. You know, use the service. And uh, he's like, Dad, seriously. On Spotify. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to, I may batter him. Like I may roll him in egg and flour. I'll never fry him. I'll never fry him, but I may batter him. It's an old family joke. People get off my back. Um, I love my kid with all my heart. It's wild. He passed me in height this year. And, uh, it's kind of funny because we both played, soccer and i played freshman soccer and uh i was a late bloomer and his height is way earlier than my height i'm six one he's hit six one as a freshman i hit it as a junior but when i was in freshman i played freshman soccer he played freshman he's playing freshman soccer for his high school team and uh i had to tell the story of like back in the day when i was going to high school you had to shower after sporting events and practices with your kind of with your team. And I said, everyone made fun of me because I didn't have a stitch of hair on my body in ninth grade. And they're all like these hairy gorillas because they're all varsity players. And I was a freshman on a varsity team. And he goes, yeah, me too, dad. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, let's, let's, let's do the underarm check. And he's got one cute little hair coming out. I'm like, you too will become a hairy gorilla soon, son. Um, but the fact that you made a team without a lot of hair, I said, you got a long way to go. You're in a good situation. Don't worry about it. Um, you'll gain speed, you'll gain muscle, you'll gain mass. Don't worry. Um, that's how I talk to my kid. Just, you know, it's not exactly the, um, typical father, son, right? Executives now view generative AI as the most disruptive technological innovation for the next five years ahead of both the metaverse and quantum computing. Content generation tools have captured the world's imagination in their ability to mimic human-sounding text and images in a matter of seconds. Technology is capable of much, much more. Generative AI is already improving assistive technologies, cutting down on application development time and providing advanced capabilities. Um, if you identify the ways to extract value, 
you can apply generative AI to everyday tasks, creating productivity of 10 to 20% for daily work tasks. That's going to help the stock market rally in the next two years of productivity gains. The Federal Reserve loves productivity gains. We haven't really talked about that, that since the 1990s and 2000s when email changed businesses and created more productivity per worker per hour. Generating AI has a chance to reshape critical functions. Embedding AI into processes and operational models can create a competitive advantage and boost direct productivity by over 50%. An example would be a biopharma R&D department reducing drug delivery cycle times by reshaping operations with a combination of generative and predicative AI. AI has the chance to invent new business models. They can create bespoke client and customer-facing products, businesses, and services. An example of that would be financial companies can develop an industry-specific generative AI model as a service for other institutions to aid tasks like generating contracts. A lot of value to be pulled out. Some of the companies that are going to be big winners are newspapers because newspapers have reporters, but reporters have editors and newspapers have fact checkers so they don't get uh, sued. Licensing from newspapers into um, large language models is going to be fantastic. So research shows that over 75% of companies are planning to leverage some form of partnership to develop generative AI capabilities. You saw the Associated Press make a big deal with ChatGPT to give their content that has been fact-checked. Twitter, or X and Elon Musk, they can put all their tweets into a large language model, but it's going to come up with a lot of conspiracy theories, it's going to come up with a lot of white nationalist issues, which may be your thing. I don't know. I'm going to tell you what's on Twitter isn't fact-checked, and it's a problem. So licensing from big media companies who do fact-checking, it's going to be big. Security, adherence to responsible AI principles, speed of delivery, internal considerations like talent availability, use cases, risk framework. You want to modernize your tech stack. 60% of companies lack sufficiently modernized technology platforms for scaling generative AI. That's going to help companies that do online services, cloud pro- cloud businesses in particular. Amazon's going to be a big winner with AI, as is Microsoft, Oracle. Any company that does cloud work, Salesforce, you can just build that generative AI model into what you're doing for sales processes. So... I would say it has a long way to go. It's probably the nicest way of saying that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's see. I'm hitting all sorts of random stuff today, right? There's areas that I'll say that I don't necessarily care for but are attractive. Like Carnival stock is rising on record revenue and strong demand. I'm not a cruise line guy. I don't ever want to go on a cruise line. If you ever see me on a cruise line, I've given up hope. I've said, I don't really want to fly to a destination, walk around. I just want to be on a boat and be driven to my destinations. It's just not my thing. I don't like eating with other people. I don't like socializing with other people. I'd rather you know pick my own agenda. I don't want to go out on the Lido deck, although I loved the love boat as a, top, as a teenager or as a preteen. A lot of sexy, good-looking people. And you look back on it now, and they were not sexy, good-looking, and just show you how things change in life. Is a teenager who's like 
desperately trying to figure out his bo- body and his hormones and that would come on Friday nights followed by Fantasy Island. Let's just say um, Carnival Cruise Lines said the booking volumes during the fourth quarter were above both 2019 and prior 2019 levels. It's proof that post-pandemic travelers are willing to spend to see the world. I, I don't have to like it. Maybe you do. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at YouTube show Rob Black show YouTube Rob Black show. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth Certified Financial Planners online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Listen up if you have wealth. This segment is for you. If you want to buy a house, this segment's for you as well. Um, if you want to gift stocks, this segment's for you. I'm going to try to get all these in. There's going to be some upcoming estate tax laws that you need to take advantage of. If you're a high net worth family, you still have time to take advantage of higher estate and gift tax exemptions before they are significantly reduced. If provisions of the Tax Cuts and Job Act are allowed to sunset in 2026, unless Congress acts on January 1, 2026, the estate gift and generation skipping transfer tax exemptions amount will be cut in half. In 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act doubled the existing estate and gift tax exemptions from $5.6 million per person or $11.1 million per married couple to $11 million per person or $22.36 million per married couple. Indexed for inflation annually. In 2023, the estate and gift tax exemption amount is $12.92 million per person or $25 million per couple. Um, I'm lucky enough that I'm playing with those kind of numbers in the next 10, 15 years where I need my estate really well set. I need my gift plan and my tax exemptions laid out. Um, I've saved over 5 million at this age. Um, I've, I've done well. I've saved over 10 million. Like, <clears throat> and I did it because I bought companies and I held on to them. And then I, for instance, um, I work with EP Wealth and I have highly concentrated positions in Microsoft and Apple. And one of the things I've been able to do is use a company called Spider Rock, which helps create income for those positions so that they're kicking off more than just a little dividend. They're using covered call strategies um, and puts to allow me to generate income, which is interesting because you think that that's going to get your stock called away and it usually does not. Um, I haven't lost any stock and yet I've generated considerable income off of those because I work with uh, EP wealth, a financial planning firm. They've got product like private equity, private debt, private credit, which more and more people are getting access to. There's no doubt about it, but working with a good financial planner that builds into your financial plan. So my estate and gift tax exemptions, I'm hitting those numbers because I have highly concentrated positions but before I cash those out and pay the tax man, I'm using something like a spider rock um, to create income. I think you should explore all of your options on your wealth. And I think if you own a home in California, you should have a trust. And if you don't, shame on you. You're setting your children up for an inheritance where they're going to have to go through probate, which is very expensive. It costs forty to $60,000. I think it's going to cost more every year because lawyer fees continue to go up in my mind. <clears throat> Um, if you need a referral to a financial planner, drop me an email, rob at 
com or rob at robblackshow.com. Um, let's talk about gifting stocks um, because I have highly concentrated positions that equal millions and millions of dollars. I've gifted my children some of my stock and that gives them access to the stock and it takes away from me paying the tax man when I die. Um, they get into a lower tax bracket, especially since I've held the stock for more than years. Um, it gives them the lower long-term capital gains rates. The annual gift tax exclusion amounts to $17,000 per person. The gift tax in 2024 is 18000 per person. So me and my spouse can gift 36000 or 18000 from her and 18000 from me to my children. I'm using that strategy. Um, I'm letting my kids create a lot of wealth. Now, here's the problem. It's all in Atmas. And if my kids have drug problems, they inherit a lot of money. And they have a lot of money to use drug problems. So... Parenting is important. The rest of the money, most of their money that they're going to inherit is going to be done through trusts at age 25, 35, and 45. Um, those are milestone moments in my life. Um, 18 to 25, I was trying to figure out my career. I was trying to figure out my life. Um, I paid for my own college with grants and scholarships. Um, I will pay for my kids' college because I think that's my responsibility. If they want to go to college, if they want to go to trade school, I'll pay for that. But when they turn 25, if they want to buy a house, they're going to get a big chunk of money. And then nothing until they're 35. And 35 is if they want to have a kid in my mind. That's kind of when I started thinking about kids. They get a big chunk of money. And then nothing until they're 45. And that should be, okay, if you don't like your career, you now have some money to live off of and cruise towards retirement. So they get chunks of money that get bigger in those 10-year periods. In my trust, I've put in conditions that they have to work together on um, giving some of my money away to charity because it's not all going to them. And every year they have to get together as brothers and come up with a charitable donation and give that money away on my birthday and their mother's birthday. Um, the money will never run out. It'll eventually be gifted as a large sum when they pass. Um, I'm not like... Mr. Moneybags, but it's a good amount of money. I'm not like a Getty or anything like that, but I've done well in my life and I'm proud of that. And I hope that gives them a good foundation to be friends for life. Um, in the end, I think family trumps high school friends. In the end, I think family trumps college friends. Um, I'm going to see my sister over the holidays. I can't wait. Um, and I'm buying every meal because I've done better than her in life. Buying a house in today's interest rate environment, I told you I'd talk about this. The difference from a 7.5% mortgage to a 6.5% mortgage, a typical home in the United States is roughly $400,000 that people borrow on. One. When rates went from 7.5% to 6.5%, the monthly payment's only $270 lower. Speaking from experience, that's not enough to get people moving. I think as interest rates move from 7.5% to 6.5%, we'll see people get more excited. We are a long way away from those... Um, Three and a half percent mortgages. The 10 year treasury right now is at three and a half percent. I do like adjustable rate mortgages for the next year or two, as I expect interest rates to drop as the Federal Reserve lowers interest rates. So I'm considering buying a property in 2024, probably late, maybe with an adjustable rate mortgage that in two or three years after that, I would flip into a 30 year mortgage here. Like, but Rob, you're 50 plus years old. You want a 30 year mortgage? Yeah. If it's a low cost money, yeah, I do. Ten. I'm not all about paying off mortgages as long as I have money to service them. 
Have a question? Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Want to see all my content? Go to YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.